0: Hey, welcome to the Talking Buckets Podcast. This is an NBA show covering a broad range of topics, from legitimate analysis and predictions to weird, funny, dumb drama around the league. Feel free to skip ahead to whatever topics pique your interest, or stick around for the whole thing. And as always, thank you so much for supporting this growing project. We're only getting better every episode, and even one listen means the world to me. Now let's talk buckets! Okay, welcome back to Talking Buckets. We were on a bit of a hiatus because I had some stuff going on in my life. But we're back, Elijah Polson, Tiger Ann. Uh, this episode's going to be coming out on Monday. And then after that, we'll be back on our usual Saturday uh, release schedule. Uh, so it's been, I think, like over a week and a half since we did our last episodes. So there's been, you know, 15, 16 games for every team throughout the season. I think we're kind of getting a better feel of how players have been performing so far this season compared to last season so i guess we wanted to start with tiger out of all the players who you know were a bit of a disappointment last season who do you think is having the biggest redemption
1: season right now uh the biggest um that's a bit hard to say but i'll I'll name a couple for sure i name a couple um for sure, uh, Julius Randle, he did have a great season last year, but this season, he's just proving people that, that like it was not a one-season thing. He is here for the long run, okay? And he is here to stay. He is going to be that, maybe give it a year or two, he is going to be the MVP candidate. That's what I think. And someone else I would say is Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen, you know, from college, we knew him as a crybaby, but that boy can ball. He really got himself a spot on the team. He solidified his spots on the on the team. And guess what? He's falling out right now. Yeah. What do you think?
0: I don't know. Um, I think for me, my biggest redemption player would probably be uh Tyler Hero. He had he had he was a bubble breakout kid, um, and then had a lot of really high expectations going into his sophomore season last year. Uh, didn't produce well, wasn't shooting well. And I think this season, now that Miami's a bit deeper and he's not being asked to do so much like he is playing so well. I'm just trying to pull up his stats right now. Um last season he was averaging 15.1 points per game on 43% shooting from the field. Um but that was on higher attempts and his three-point percentage was down 36 compared to 39 from his rookie season. Um wasn't getting to the line much. Now he's got uh, 21.6 points per game on 45% shooting, which is career high, on a career high number of field goal attempts as well. So I think in terms of like who's redeemed themselves the most so far this season, like Tyler here is like a clear number one for me. And I think he should be in the front running for six men of the year.
1: Also, I wouldn't call this redemption, but let's talk about two other players that are just been phenomenal. John Morant and Anthony Edwards. Yeah. Those oh, two no young man. guns. People did not expect as much from him, but he's showing us that they're here to stay in this league. They're gonna be superstars and yeah. they're so young. Oh my lord. The future is yeah. so bright. And the way they play it is just so explosive and entertaining. They're actually, Anthony Edwards is actually giving the Timberwolves an identity for once.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: like, John I think,
0: Brand-
1: yeah, these players the are crucial for the small market teams.
0: Mm-hmm, for sure. Like, Memphis is building something really nice over there with John Moran as your centerpiece. He's, he should be an all-star this year. I think like, I don't, I would, if he is not an all-star, I would be pretty disappointed. Um, and Anthony Edwards, that's probably the most personality that team has had in a player since Kevin Garnett. And I think that's really important for them, especially since they seem to be at a bit of a crossroads right now. I know they just blew out the Grizzlies yesterday, but the team is kind of, After getting off to a strong 3-1 and start, they've kind of cratered to near the bottom of the Western Conference standings again. Um, They're still in the rebuilding process. And I think if I were them, I would try and move Cat for something because I don't think, like, I would rather build around Edwards than Cat, personally.
1: Cat's trade value has never been higher. I think right now, if if they are going to trade him, now is better than ever. They can get some pieces that they can develop along with Anthony Edwards or a veteran that can guide him and yeah. shout out to anthony edwards man like timber wars are finally relevant again for yeah some, for a good reason no, he's,
0: just, he's just a fun player to watch and he's got like so much swagger and charisma to him um and like if what if it wasn't for Lamelo ball having a great season like he could have won rookie of the year and arguably maybe he should have because of like not that health matters that much, but there is definitely a corner in the NBA media that was saying he should win just because like partly because he was around more. Um, but yeah. hey,
1: Like uh, he I, said, he's here for the MVP.
0: He, he's here for the MVP. Like you said. Yeah. Um, Another thing I wanted to ask in terms of like teams that have teams and players that have been doing well. Um, I don't think like we were both pretty high on the Golden State Warriors coming into this season, but I don't think we were like that number one team in the league. High, this looks probably like this team looks dangerous, and they're on track to get Clay Thompson back around. I know,
1: and Clay, you know, Clay just going not fit in like perfectly, you know, yeah. like there's gonna be no adjustment, like they're not gonna face what Lakers facing right now. Is when when Clay returns, that team is just only gonna get better,
0: yeah. Um and yeah, like
1: what was I saying? When, if they
0: get if they get Clay back and he's eighty percent of what he was, I think he's the Warriors are probably going to be the favorites to win the championship coming into the end of the regular season in the playoffs.
1: Yes, um, as long as everyone stays healthy.
0: Do you think this is the best non Kevin Durant version of the Warriors that we've had?
1: I honestly, I, I don't, I don't, don't second best baby. Yeah, well, before Karen Durant came and just Clay and and Steph Curry with like Dalla and uh, Andrew Bogut, I don't think that, I think that team's Sean Livingston. That team is very hard to talk. That team has heart. That team has everything. But right now, this team, you, you can't underestimate this right, team right now as well, because they do got something to prove. You know, they're here to be like, hey, we're still a dynasty. Just watch us be, become what we used to be. Mm-hmm. but I think it's kind of different now as, as well, I guess. Cause like when the first Warriors team in 2013, 2014, when they came around, no one knew how to guard them. They were so new. They like literally the reason NBA has so many three point shooters right now is because of that team. And when that team first popped up, no one yeah. knew how to stop them. They were just like, they were so new. No, no coaches. have figured out what to do yet. However, now the entire league is shifting that way. So other teams has more experiences when dealing with a three-point shooting team like the Warriors. So that's what I think.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't think they're the best non-Kevin Durant iteration of the Warriors yet, but I think there's potential for that conversation to change it by the end of the season. Cause I'm looking at this rock, like obviously Steph Curry's playing like an MVP right now. Um, we don't know how Clay Thompson is gonna be, but we're we're operating under the assumption, judging by reports, that he's gonna be able to le- at least make like a decent contribution. Um, and he was already like an off the ball like catch and shoot player, so as long as he is shooting stroke is like most of what it was before, like he should be okay. Um, I think Andrew Wiggins, based on how he's back bounced back from uh, his Minnesota days. I would say he's better than Harrison Barnes personally. Um and then if James Wiseman can, you know, take a step forward this year like that the better center than Andrew Bogut if you can if he can develop a bit more.
1: They're both number bench. 1 picks.
0: Yep, and they've got bench players too like Jordan Poole um who is starting in place of Klay Thompson right now. He is shooting the lights out for that team and he is a fantastic depth piece for them once um once Clay comes back, Juan Toscano Anderson, he's a hustle player for them. Got a lot of heart. Can't obviously like Draymond Green goes without saying. He's obviously not. He can't do much offensively anymore, but defensively, he's still their best player. Um, even Andre Iguodala is having a bit of a resurgence now that he's back on the Warriors. They've got Kuminga that's developing that they make, maybe they could trade away for someone. Like I think. I agree with you on the answer for now, but I think in like four or five months, I think we might be having a different conversation.
1: I'll say maybe next season. Cause you know, like we have never seen these rookies play with Steph and clay yet.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: We've only That's- seen like half of the Warriors team so far. And uh, again, like as as long as they can he keep healthy, man. Now I got a question for you, Elijah. Okay. Do you think if they trade Ben Simmons to the warriors, do you think that will work out?
0: Uh not I, you'd have to I think you have to stagger Greens and Simmons minutes to make that work first off um cuz those you can't have like
1: both yeah two
0: total non shooters on there and it also depends like what you're trading away I'm going to say tentatively no and like we can talk about Ben Sim- I I don't want every fucking episode to like be like oh what's wrong with Ben Simmons right now um but the whole thing is just a mess like it's just tough cuz on the one hand the i get that he doesn't want to play for that team right now but like the whole shenanigans around like reporting and like not wanting to use their team specific like, like mental wellness doctors like that's kind of messy but also like the sixers have like just treated him like shit and they're saying that they want to hold on to them for like a year or two but like
1: that's like a ruin
0: if you're treating this player like crap and you're asking for gold, like that's not gonna work. You're gonna get crap back in return. Um,
1: yeah, I totally agree, man. Totally. Yeah. But here's what I think: If I was the Warriors, if they ain't break, if they ain't broke, don't fix it. Warriors, Warriors are doing great right now. Everybody, yes. everyone is playing their role, fitting in the system perfectly. Don't Agreed. mess it up, especially with someone like Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons was stating like. The Kylie Jenner's or the Kendall Jenner's back in Philadelphia. <laughs> imagine, imagine Ben Simmons in, in in California.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's a good uh, track record of uh, play, NBA players dating celebrities and then uh, going on to do well, with the exception of like I think I think uh, I don't know who Devin Booker is to his dating right now, but he's dating someone important. Kendall Jenner. Kendall Jenner. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think it's just the Jenner curse then. Yeah. Um, okay, so another topic I wanted to touch on the Lakers, they're not doing well. That's kind of surprising, kind of not. Uh, Blown out by the Celtics, yeah, <laughs> Lakers and Celtics, neither of them are doing that well. Uh, but with the Lakers, they lost LeBron for a bunch of games, they've choked some big leads, and LeBron comes back and he plays well, and they still can't win. And yes, they're eight and nine, that's only you know, one game below 500, but they've had one of the easiest schedules in the season so far. Um, so I guess what I want to ask is like, okay, picture that you are LeBron James, like little GM, like you have full control over this team because we all know that like LeBron's basically the GM and the coach of
1: wherever he goes.
0: Um, what do you do to fix this team?
1: I honestly think that is the problem. Yeah. I, I think honestly, that's definitely part of it. I don't think LeBron should have that much power. Like play basketball, bro. I know you're LeBron. I know what you want, you're trying to win, but GMs and coaches are there for a reason. And it's not because he's LeBron's wrong. It's because if LeBron James, a player, was put in that shoe, like people, the players and staff are gonna treat him different. You know, yeah. if LeBron is stepping up as a coach as a the GM, then the GM, the coach are gonna be getting less respect from the players. Yeah. And that's what ultimately might make a team dysfunctional because the structure is very important. You know, like you people who are supposed to empower need that power. For example, like what do you do? Like when the coach is calling for a play, but the players are listening to LeBron, you know, that is just not going to work out. Especially you got players like Carmelo Westbrook. They're like LeBron's buddy on the team.
0: Yeah.
1: I think the structure of the team needs to change. I don't agree with LeBron being the coach or, or, or the GM. I mean, look at look at the Warriors, man. Like, when was Le- Steph Curry making calls like LeBron did? And look yeah. at the winning record. Look, look at the team they had. So that's what yeah. I think. LeBron, I'm not saying LeBron is the problem. I'm saying, like, they need to figure out between LeBron and the management that who is making the calls. You can't have two guys making the calls at the same time. That's what I think.
0: Agreed. Um, and like I I guess part of it is like I do wonder how like at risk like everyone is because I think we're kind of marching towards um like the kind of a trade deadline similar to when LeBron was on like the 2017-18 Cavs where they shipped off Kyrie Irving for a package of players and the whole team looked revamped and then they were really struggling until the trade deadline and then they just blew the whole team up brought in a bunch of new Bench players, and all of a sudden, exactly. they were the best teams in the Eastern Conference again. I do kind of feel we're like marching towards that a little bit. I'm not sure it, to what extent, um, because there are pieces from this team that are back from their championship team. And like Dwight Howard, I don't think they should be like getting rid of him. Um, and Carmelo Anthony has been a great piece, but they got to figure out. They got to figure out what to do because LeBron to me is meant to be playing more of a point guard on this team. And they've got two other point guards in Westbrook and Rondo who are like total, they can't shoot the ball. They also need to stop playing Westbrook and Rondo at the same time. I don't know why every single game. Like, what do you, what do you think is going to happen? I know Rondo can like hit like the occasional three, but that's when like they like wave him off and be like, no, like you're not going to make that. Like, it's not, like, as bad as, like, Westbrook, who they purposely leave open and he still misses. But that's two non-shooters. They're past first players. Like, Westbrook has to cut down the turnovers. I do think Vogel's job is maybe at risk a bit as well. Um, Because I think, really, I look at, like, the track record of coaches and, like, how seriously they've been, like, taken, like, before, during, and after, like, LeBron's tenure. And, obviously, like, Mike Brown... During like the first iteration of the LeBron Cavs, not a good coach. Whole career fucking went down the toilet once LeBron went. Um, Eric Spoelstra, really the only exception to like the LeBron rule. Like he's obviously been consistently one of the better coaches in the league for a long time. Um, But even then, LeBron almost tried to get him fired. Um, I don't even remember the coach of the Cavs who was like trying to rebuild them before uh, LeBron came there the second time. Is some guy who had had a bunch of coaching experience in Europe. He only lasted half a season. What? Last, season and a half yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Ty Lu comes in, they win. And then Ty Lu wasn't taken seriously at all. Like while LeBron was there during the second time, he only really Ty Lu only was, started getting taken seriously um, once he took over the Clippers and they had some upset playoff victories. Just, um, just some,
1: yeah, I totally agree. It's like every coach they brought on is for the coach to be under LeBron's wing
0: pretty much. Yeah. Uh but yeah, I I do think we're marching towards like a big team overhaul for the trade deadline. I'm just not sure to what extent. Um You're,
1: yeah. Go ahead. I just wish I'd
0: wish I don't know why they went for Westbrook instead of Buddy healed because like that was the other main person they were considering going after and he would have fit way better along that team. He's like firmly in his prime. He would have got chance to like get the fuck out of sacramento which is like the shadow realm of the nba right now um and i don't think they would have had to give up that much to get him either since He does not want to be there and he he's gonna bolt like as soon as his contract's up
1: oh for sure here's here's the thing about a team like la a team like la they love big names i think yeah. that's why they are going for all the washed up stars you know like, it's the city of L.A., man. The, the city of Angels. They, they love stars in there. There's Hollywood. And stars yeah. love to go there.
0: What, and every decade since the 2000s, they've had, like, some iteration of, like, the washed-up stars. Yeah, but,
1: but here's, the, like, Carl like Malone, Gary Payton. But guess what? Yeah. That's not yeah. how basketball yeah. works. You can't just yeah. put around big names and expect it to work. Mm-hmm. And,
0: and there was and, the Steve Nash and Dwight first iteration. Dwight yeah, Howard.
1: did not work they out either. There. Mm-hmm. So here's what I think. Here's what I think if you make a comparison with the teams that LeBron played on and the other teams that won championships. I'm not discrediting LeBron. All right. LeBron is arguably one of the greatest of all time. He's done what yeah, he's done. Sure. But besides the heat, I think heat is where he had a really good coaching staff in the team because D-Wade and Chris Bosh were his personal friends. Mm-hmm. And like, like they, and, and, really and they were drafted in the same year and Dwayne Wade is a beast as well and Chris Bosh as well. So I think Miami Heat, the big three, is when you actually see three equal-level players together as a team listening to a good coach. And even like that, LeBron will still have, like, you know, trying to get a sports fire, like you said. And, but when LeBron moved to – ever since he left the Heat, is his team. It's always his team with a, shit, with a shit shadow coach that listens to him and does what he says. Yeah. Whereas you look at any other teams, their success is because of the, the organization, the Raptors, we ain't got no superstars. We we, we no. got Masayu Jiri and that's our that's our superstar, in my opinion. We yeah, got quiet. Yeah. We got Quiet. Right. we got Quiet. Kawhi. our Ooh. superstar. No, and like, look at the Warriors. Nothing. If you look at the Warriors, that team is almost purely drafted. Mm. Yeah, that's That'd crazy.
0: Draft picks until they got Kevin Durant. Yeah.
1: You have to have faith in the organization. If for example, the, the Warriors, if you don't have faith in in the in the Warriors, like if Steph Curry and the team, like, you know, they're not going to trade away Monte Ellis for Andrew Bogan and ultimately win a ring. You got to have faith in the GMs and let them do what they do. You got to have faith in the coaches, Phil Jackson, Greg Popovich, you know, the other dynasties that are not LeBron related, always had a good coach and a good team core. And I think that's what LeBron needs. Sometimes he just has to take a step back, you know, but at the same time, if I was him on the Lakers, I probably wouldn't take a step back. If some in, in some other alternate universe where the Spurs are really good and LeBron goes to the Spurs, I, I would love to see that where LeBron plays under Greg Popovich and what that would look like.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, how what Greg Popovich only has like what like a season or two left coaching, probably, but it would be cool to see LeBron play underneath him for sure. It's too bad he wasn't at the uh, Tokyo Olympics for that, but. Yeah, this team needs to figure it out. And I'm looking. Let me look up their schedule for the next week. LeBron games, I know is had an the easy team. schedule. They've had such an easy schedule. They've had twelve of their first sixteen or seventeen games at home. Um, they're on an Eastern Conference road trip right now.
1: At so, home, not Staples Center anymore.
0: Crypto. Yeah, exactly. So they just lost. They just got their asses kicked by the Celtics, who are also dysfunctional right now. Um, they play. They play the Pistons on the road, which should be an easier win. Um, I believe before the Celtics games, they lost to the Bucs. And then after the Pistons, they've got on the road against the Knicks, on the road against the, the Pacers, and they back home come back home and get the Kings. Um, it's not like a rough schedule, but I'm looking at their December, and they're playing a lot of good playoff teams or whatever. Like In December, they've got the Clippers, the Celtics, the Grizzlies, the Mavericks, the Bulls, the Nets, the Trailblazers. Like, that's a December is going to be rough for them. And I think it was really important that they get all those wins um, early, and they haven't been able to capitalize that. Like, the two 20-plus point leads to OKC that they choked is brutal.
1: <laughs> yeah. and Going back to the Celtics, I think, in a way, Celtics are facing the same problem as the Lakers, but not to that level. I was saying how LeBron is both the coach, and the GM. I think for the Celtics, Jason Tatum, he's kind of playing like a coach, you know? But, like, they still have the GM for themselves.
0: Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um. And I guess since we've been talking a bit about uh, dysfunctional franchises lately, uh, what franchise right now seems the most dysfunctional to you? Okay, because I, I wouldn't call
1: the Lakers... Dis- yeah, I wouldn't call the Lakers dysfunctional, though. The fans will go after me and try to kill me. <laughs>
0: Yeah. i'm not I'm not afraid to call them dysfunctional right now. I think that they're just struggling right the now. the thing with such a gong show,
1: but Yo, we'll if take they're it. still below fifty by by like, like by forty the games, franchise. then they're I'll call them dysfunctional,
0: yeah. but what but what do you think is the most dysfunctional franchise right now? You have to pick one. Uh,
1: like that, I think it's pretty obvious for everyone. It used to be the Knicks, but the Knicks figured their shit out. So now it's yeah. the Kings,
0: yeah, um. <laughs> That that's a pretty uh I'm gonna have to agree with that one. And just uh as we're recording this, they did fire Luke Walton this morning. Um, the Kings have not been good this season. despite having Darren Fox and Buddy Hield, and Tyrese Halliburton and Rashawn Holmes, like those on paper are solid pieces to like challenge for like a play-in spot. Like, I don't think they're a playoff team, just to be clear here. But they this team has the talent to make the play in. even with like marvin bagley like being like disgruntled and not really wanting to play as well which that whole situation's a fucking mess as well but they are 6 and 11 they haven't been good Luke inspired um did you see the video of the kings fan vomiting on the court yesterday against the jazz oh no what? yeah so basically I, I would play audio or video or whatever but i've watched the clip and they're not really talking about it that much they're trying to like Steer away from it, but there is a Kings fan courtside at like late third quarter, early fourth quarter. They're down like ten or fifteen points, and this dude is like wasted, and he's just like sitting in the front row, and he's just fucking lets like all this vomit out in front of him. They had to go clean up. It took twenty minutes for them to clean up this vomit or whatever. Damn. Wow. Yeah, and I feel like that's just a good summary of where the franchise is at. Like. I know he was like blackout drunk or whatever, but I do find it pretty funny that this the day after this dude pukes all over the court and they lose, like he gets fired. Puke Walden.
1: Oh lord, oh lord. What do you think about the Houston Rockets? They're one in fifteen.
0: I mean, they're dysfunctional, but at least they're like
1: they're tanking,
0: tanking, and Jalen Green, like he's having a bit of a rough start, but like he's. God, he's showing the flashes. I think once they figure out what to do with John Wall, like, they'll be fine. Then I'm also curious to see if they decide to keep Christian Wood because he's a fringe all-star player, but he doesn't really fit into their timeline is the problem. Like, he's kind of – he's in his prime or just starting to enter his prime, and this Houston Rockets team is nowhere near
1: contending. Yeah, the Rockets Uh, need to rebuild ASAP.
0: Yeah. They have some picks back at least to – you know make that happen but i think they should trade christian wood away personally i just don't know who would come after him and what their
1: return would be now uh, i also want to ask about the pelicans because we're kind of big on the pelicans you know i mean they
0: i i don't know i, don't, I didn't I don't... expect
1: them to be this poop
0: yeah I don't think I've, I've, if I remember correctly, I did not put them in my top 10 Western conference teams. I don't think you did either. I don't think, but
1: like we so expected to see, 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 see some sparks coming out from Ingram and Zion and so far. No.
0: Well, Zion hasn't even been on the court yet. So that's definitely part of it. Um,
1: we want to see that. Come on.
0: yeah, like, Figure it out. It's frustrating because when he's on the court, his shooting efficiency is off the charts for how he plays in this position and where he takes those shots. And he's so freaking strong too, but it's just he can't stay healthy. And the Pelicans, they've had players and their chefs like allegedly change their dietary habits just to kind of set an example for Zion. Um, but he's really got to get it together. And I know he's not in a good situation, but it's equally on the player as it is to the no. organization.
1: Here, here's the thing like, I don't blame it as much on the Pelicans because when you're a rookie, you, you don't expect yourself to be on a winning team right away, right? You, it doesn't matter how good you are.
0: No, when, I mean, especially the first pick the only thing that I found questionable because Drew Holiday asked to be traded and they got pieces back for him. Um, I didn't let getting Zion or not Zion Alonzo. Walk to the Bulls at all because he was a restricted free agent, which means they could have matched an offer from any other team
1: and then trade and him in the future, maybe.
0: Yeah, and they had good chemistry, like Lonzo to Zion. That was like a nice combination. Yeah,
1: Lonzo Zion Ingram, that young core. Woo.
0: Yeah. But they let him walk to the bulls, and obviously, like Lonzo's fit on there super well. That whole bulls team I've been loving to watch. Uh, But Pelicans are up there on dysfunctional franchises as well, for sure.
1: I feel like the Bulls are what the Pelicans could have been.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Hey,
1: uh, off the I chart, don't... side note, just uh, all those dysfunctional teams out there, if y'all want to sell your team, sell it to Vancouver or Seattle, okay? Just yeah, yeah. yeah. Out there.
0: We'll, them off. we'll happily take them. Uh, we're, we'll buy season tickets. Even sure. the
1: Kings. Yeah, give me the Kings. We take the Kings? We'll take the Kings.
0: They haven't won a championship in like, what, 70 years? They haven't made the playoffs. So if they don't make the playoffs this year, it is their 16th season in a row of not making the playoffs. That's the
1: longest drought in the NBA so far.
0: Yeah, it's tied for the longest right now. It will be the longest if they miss it this year. And it doesn't look like they're going to, although maybe the coaching change will help with that. Um, that's just crazy to me that there's like literally, there are high school students who live in Sacramento that have never even seen haven't been alive for the Kings to make the playoffs. Like that's fucking crazy.
1: The Kings only sells tickets when they're playing when they're away team is is it's good, you know. Come to awesome. Vancouver, we'll we'll show up to every game. We'll show up to every
0: game. We've got a way bigger basketball community than we did uh, 20, 25 years ago. Moving on, I wanted to touch on some drama regarding some retired NBA players um Michael Jordan one of the greatest to ever play he had his documentary The Last Dance come out Scotty Pippins released a book as well uh this fall just talking about the whole championship runs from his perspective and he has had a lot of attacks on Michael Jordan lately one of the biggest quotes to me was we didn't win six championships because he got on guys we won in spite of his getting on guys regarding Michael Jordan um it does kind of feel like he's just going after him for the sake of like getting some clout. Like, what is your perspective on all this?
1: I think Scotty Pippen is broke and depressed.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's down bad right now. I uh
1: oh. just imagine being him. Scotty Scottie Pippen is often compared with Michael Jordan and LeBron James. He's not at that level. That's oh. not mentally good for him. He's he's got He didn't get paid that much on on the Bulls. He did not make the best financial decisions in his life. And he has eight kids. So, I just don't... I think that guy is down bad, man. Like, he needs... Mentally, he's struggling right now. Especially seeing his wife, you know, Larsa Pippen, that divorce. And, like... And she's hooking up with, like, younger, younger Timberwolves players. Like... Ooh, I I I don't know, man. If I was him, I'll probably say some stupid shit as well. And if you read his book, in his entire book, he's contradicting himself.
0: Yeah, I'm not. First off, I'm not reading like that.
1: Book. Yeah, you know, like, like he's, you read like right clips from him, like he's totally just contradicting himself. Maybe he's trying to get some money, trying to get some pay, get paid, or restore his legacy. Maybe, but right now he's not restoring anything. He's just making it worse.
0: And he's, it's not even just Jordan he's going after. He's going after Phil Jackson as well, who's like also one of the greatest coaches of all time and like i know he kind of plopped himself into like that bulls team and then like the lakers dynasty but the dude has nine championships
1: i know like what do <laughs> you doing? and he trying to say mj wasn't great like he is like come on man like he mj is mj for a reason like come on scotty i, I just I think that guy needs to go to therapy, man. Like, No no offense. Like, I think he's going through some tough stuff right now. If I was him, I'll probably feel the same way.
0: Yeah, like, and like, he's even going after non-NBA players too. He had a recent comment about Tom Brady talking about that it's hard to say he's the best NFL player of all time because he only plays on one side of the ball. And it's just like every time this dude opens his mouth, I'm just like, just stop like you're just what, what does he expect Tom
1: to do play defense and kick the ball and throw the ball yeah.
0: no it's literally in the quote it's the exact quote is it's hard to place brady at the top of the nfl even though he's won a lot of championships there are almost 70 players on each team so is he playing on every side of the football is he on kickoff is he on the punt returns but no one if is he all them roles then you got to give credit to his team
1: yeah but Shit, like they're obviously gonna credit the team, but do you also credit the bench warmer as much as the starter? No, you don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think Scotty needs to go to therapy and just figure <laughs> his stuff out because with eight kids and like with the amount of publicity he gets, just get think all the pressure you face, him, man, from family, from the media, everything.
0: He needs some sponsorships, and uh, I don't I don't know if he's gonna be getting them based on uh how he's talking. Yeah, like maybe he can really- get like
1: a roman wipe sponsorship Sponsorship yeah
0: yeah. um okay and one of the last things i wanted to touch on who is your winner of the week it can be anybody a player a team a coach a fan base like anyone who has had the best last week in a bit
1: uh not the lakers but i'll say (laughs) bottom definitely the suns yeah like yeah, for someone like Phoenix, in Phoenix, like the win streak, Phoenix is not a relevant city. There's not much in Phoenix. Phoenix, I've been there. I, I'll say they're a huge, excuse me. <coughs> oh, you're fine. Yeah, they're, they're a huge sports city. And to have a 10 game win streak in a game that just came out of the finals and people are disapproving, they're saying uh, they just got lucky because injury and stuff, right? Like they're not going to do as well this year. And boom, 10, 10 game win streak. Like, come on. As a fan, you're in ecstasy right now.
0: Yeah. It's actually at 11 now. 11 um, now. Whew. Yeah. And they got off to a bad start, too. They started off 1-3, and, three and there, there was some talk about, like, oh, what's wrong with the Suns? They're washed. Chris Paul is not going to be back to what he was. But they've rattled off 11 straight wins. And they have DeAndre Aiden back. Like this, team, this, I, I, like, this team, I don't know how they'll do in the playoffs this year, but I feel fairly safe in saying they'll be top three in the Western Conference this year.
1: Yeah, um sure.
0: I would say my winner of the week. The Suns are up there for sure, but I want to give a shout out to Nikola Jokic cuz this guy he is playing like Steph Curry is the MVP favorite right now, but Jokic should in my opinion be second. He's putting up even better stats right now than he was last season and that's with Murray still sidelined um Porter's been missing some time as well he's putting up historic numbers that have never been seen by a big which we were already saying last year and he's like one upping himself again um and he is keeping this team afloat and I think he's starting to separate himself as like the the center of this generation it's crazy to be the second round pick uh Mm -hmm. but I've been seeing a lot of attention being given to him now that like uh the Nuggets are still doing well and I'm seeing his name come up in like MVP conversations. I feel like he's finally starting to get a bit of the respect. Um, and also shout out to him. I know it was like a like a like more than a week ago technically, but shout out to him for not letting Marcus Morris uh, fuck around with him, oh. him in the back. Like props to him for doing that. I fucking hate the Morris twins. So
1: he's my here, winner of the week. Here, here's what I think about Jokic. I think Jokic is once in a generation talents. Like he's going to be like a Steph Curry to me. Like, people are going to be modeling their games after him. People are going to yep. be shooting like, Jokic? No, not really like that, but like, he's going to be like that. People are going to be watching him be like, hey, I want to play like him. I want to be able to <laughs> shoot, pass, and play smart basketball like him.
0: Okay, thank th- you. Oh, sorry. Uh, okay. that,
1: that's the importance, I think, you of uh, Jokic. Like,
0: you want to go back like 30 seconds?
1: Yeah. So okay, what I think about Jokic is like, Jokic – is a generational talent. He, he's going to be in the, on the same tier as Steph Curry, where kids are going to be watching him play, be like, oh, I want to, if you're a big man, I want to play just like him. I want to be able to pass, to shoot. I want to play with high basketball IQ. He's that player that people are going to role model their games after. And in the future, you're going to see more Jokic-like players. Mm-hmm. That's why I think he is such a talent. You know, he's like a unicorn. Yeah. He's a true not unicorn, a, not Porzingis, but Jokic.
0: Porzingis. He's having a bit of a bounce back season, but I wouldn't call that like yet. And the Mavericks still like they are nine and six, but they actually are the only winning team in the league with a negative point differential right now, I believe. Um, so they, I don't know if that record's gonna hold up for much longer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Jokic, generational player. Like a big man is not what it was even ten years ago. Um. Who's your loser of the week? Same criteria, can be anyone, team, fan base, player, coach, GM, anyone.
1: Uh we're talking a lot of shit about the Lakers as a but I'm a, the ones that are actually going to feel it are the fans. So I'm going to give it to the Lakers fans.
0: Lakers fans cuz yeah,
1: as a Laker fan, when you lose to a Celtics fan, there's a people going to talk shit at you. Uh, Lakers fans are always in the center of attention. So shout out to my Lakers fans. Y'all take it in this week. All right. Stay <laughs> in there. Hold tight. Yeah. What do you think? Um,
0: my loser of the week, honestly, I'm just going to have to go. I'm trying to think here. My losers of the week. I'm going to say the Kings fan base. Um, They've been going. I know we already talked about the Kings a little bit, but they've been going through it. Actually. Are they really the losers though? Cause now Luke wallen has gone. Um, I'm going to say Luke Walton's the loser of the week, actually. True. And you want, yeah. to, you want to do a fun
1: Luke Walton stat? Mm-hmm. Um, hold on. Let me just pull this up. Luke Walton is the loser. Okay. He's not a loser because he won rings, but come on, man. He was a meme when he was on the Lakers. He's a He's meme a- for the bench warmer. Like, I can pull out those memes all day, man. I remember, like, when Lakers was competing, and there will be a lot, like, a lot of Luke Walton memes while the bench being the bench warmer.
0: So Luke Walton, he leaves the Kings with a 63 and 93 coaching record. Okay. That's a win percentage of 42% over his two and a half seasons. Then they have had 18 different head coaches since their move to Sacramento. Luke Walton leaves the Kings as the second winningest coach in franchise history. Good for him despite only winning 42% of his games that is how freaking dysfunctional this franchise is and like i'm looking at this like list too and some of the coaches here like were good coaches that they just didn't hang on to like mike malone left the kings with like a 37 win percentage and obviously he's doing fantastic on the nuggets right now um, their only coach with a winning record is Rick Adelman from like the Chris Weber. I know game. I was gonna
1: say Rick Adelman. I love that dude, man. He coached the the Rockets after with Yao Ming on there. I love Rick Adelman.
0: The re- the actual reason he's in the Hall of Fame is just for leaving the Kings with a winning record. Like,
1: but that that Kings team was good. They got Stojakovic, yeah, Weber, yeah,
0: Mike Bibby. Bibby, the well, team was sick. Yeah,
1: you know what? Uh, Sino, that's actually my first NBA game ever in two thousand and. Two or three is a preseason game. Kings versus Rockets in China, so that's do that's have a sentimental value for the Kings. It's sad to see him playing this bad for this long. But you know I, what? I, I, I know. guess, I, yeah, I guess the fan base are already used to it.
0: Yeah, the, I, the fan base like they are obviously happy it has gone. I don't want the Kings to be bad. Like it's fun to like poke fun at them, but as someone live as we, like, we live in Vancouver where the Canucks are just like so fucking dysfunctional right now this season. Like oh, being yeah. a part of a dysfunctional franchise is not fun it sucks as a fan well but it's also it's ludicrous to see how bad they've been for 16 seasons
1: here's the thing like when you can compare lakers fans and kings fans they're both team are are not being not doing the best right now but at least the laker fans has hope yeah like for the kings fans you don't really have hope you know this is going to go on for however years as long as the team profits right
0: and even when you do well, like, what about, like, the one the, – the couple seasons when the Kings are, like, title threats and then they just get, like, totally rigged out of the Western Conference Finals against, like, their main rivals, the Lakers? Yeah.
1: Here's the thing. As long as the owners make money, they don't give a fuck if the team's winning or not. And I think you feel that as a Canucks fan, right? Yeah. Yeah, so. Um,
0: yeah, and then oh, I'm trying to think. My first – my first basketball game wasn't even an NBA game, I think. It was a Harlem Globetrotters when I was, like, seven or eight. Um – that was fun, but I think my first actual NBA game is gonna be next month because I'm gonna be in Chicago for some time, and I'm gonna see the Bulls play those dysfunctional Lakers. So, hey, a few episodes from now, I'll have firsthand reports on just how dysfunctional they are.
1: Hey, two in two in uh, next month for our overseas podcast—not overseas, but cross cross the country podcast yep. between Chicago and Vancouver with a live re- report from Elijah Polson on the Balzac. No, the DeMar in Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine, you know, the Ball Zach.
0: Yeah. Fun team to watch. Um, but yeah, that'll wrap up this episode of Talking Buckets. Uh, we're back on our regular release schedule after this episode. Every Saturday morning, there will be a new episode of Talking Buckets. We just had some shit going on in our lives the last bit, so we are running a bit behind because school is crazy. But every Saturday from now on, new episode Talking Buckets. I'm Elijah Polson,
1: and I'm Tiger Ann.
0: And we'll see you next episode.